Worship in the World is a screen-free worship experience brought to you by Downtown Church. Downtown Church is a community of unfinished people based in Columbia, South Carolina. We believe in asking honest questions while we strive to follow Christ within our own communities, loving people wherever they find themselves on their faith journey. Thank you for being with us today. or feelings you are bringing with you today to church, know that you are welcome here. You are loved here, and it is good to worship together. Let us pray. God of love, you have loved us into being. Help us to love. Help us to care, especially when it is hard, Lord, Help us to love. Amen. Now you can stand and sing with us. Great is thy faithfulness.
can be really intimidating to apologize. When we don't know when the person we're apologizing to is going to receive our apology, will they laugh? Will they hold it against us? Or will they cover us with grace? We don't know how another person is going to receive our apology, but we do know how God, our creator, will receive our apology. We know how God meets us when we say, I'm sorry, God meets us in undeserved grace, which can then give us confidence to be even more honest about how we're not living up to God's call for our life. So knowing that God is faithful and that God meets us with undeserved grace, let us confess together. Great is your faithfulness, O God, and yet we fail to be faithful to you. We worship success, filled to the brim calendars. Rarely do we rest, rarely do we worship you. Forgive us for missing the point. Forgive us for taking for granted all you have created for us. Create in us new and grateful hearts, we pray. is how God receives our apology. He says, you are forgiven. We are forgiven. We get to live in peace. And so as we fill up on that undeserved grace, may we pour it out abundantly in our life and in the lives of those around us. Amen. Man, people move quick after that. Um, a few quick announcements this morning. Uh, recess which is our two-week break from in-person worship, starts next week. So the next two Sundays, 
we will not be having in-person worship. Um, there'll be some resources uh, to do your own worship online uh, at our website, or we just encourage you to find God in another way, uh, and we can't wait to hear about it. If you're new here, I also wanna point to the back of our program, there's a little QR code if you'd like to get plugged in and um, sit down with Don, Charles, or myself for a cup of coffee or something, please fill out that form so we can get to know you better. Our scripture today is a part of our mixtape summer sermon series um, where people, members of the church, have submitted scriptures. And today our scripture comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. Hear now God's word to us today. Have you not known, have you not heard the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? God does not grow faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. God gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So it was the ninth grade. I was still holding on to some of my baby fat. My teeth were freshly straightened from years of braces. And I was sporting a haircut that should have been left in the fifth grade. I wore the strongest smelling deodorant I could find at the local Eckerd's. And my clothes were ill-fitting hand-me-downs for my older brother, Kelton. All this to say, I was a stud. <laughs> and somehow I, this awkward freshman, was chosen to be on the Queen of Hearts court at my high school. See, at my high school, prom in the spring and homecoming in the fall stood low in comparison to the tradition of the Queen of Hearts dance and assembly held every February. Each class had a, a court of young women who were voted on, and then one lucky senior was crowned the Queen of Hearts. I was escorting a friend of mine named Mary. And the court is shown off to the school at the assembly on Friday. And for each grade's court, three to four different student acts would come and perform to entertain the court. It's like a big variety show. And as the show went on, the acts became progressively better and the best bands would always perform last for the queen. But what this meant is that when the freshmen walked out at the very start of the assembly, that for the next three hours, we were forced to watch a series of bands, dancers, step teams, and soloists perform. Did I mention that the boys had to stand the entire time? or that I was wearing a polyester tuxedo, <laughs> or that I only got a few hours of sleep the night before and didn't eat breakfast, or that the air conditioning in our high school gym didn't work all that well when 2,500 students were crammed inside. 
So about three quarters of the way through the assembly, a friend of mine who was standing next to me, Alan, he was on the court, he walked off stage. And this is what we were told to do if we started feeling lightheaded or needed to use the bathroom. I stood there thinking, yeah, that might be a good idea, but Alan's weak. I can make it. There's only a few more songs until this thing is over. About a minute later, my mind changes. I can't hang on any longer. I'm starting to fade out and I try to take a step. (laughs) The next thing I remember is being on my back, laying down in the hallway behind the gym with my principal leaning over me, holding a Gatorade and a pixie stick. I fainted. I didn't rest when I needed to. I didn't step away from the stage when my body told me to. And I ate it face first in front of my entire school as a freshman. I rarely say much with 100% confidence, but I'm quite sure that the author of this part of Isaiah, who was writing to the Israelites living in Babylonian exile, was not referring to a dehydrated, exhausted high school freshman when they wrote the lines. Even the youth will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. When Isaiah writes, Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. It might not specifically mean stepping away from the stage to rest at a high school assembly. But learning when to step away, learning when to rest is something we could all use. The temptation to not wait on God, to not rest, is directly related to the pride and the myth of self-sufficiency that I have felt. Their feelings that I shared with the Israelites, the Israelites who had for centuries built up false idols, who had exploited and oppressed the lower class, and who were sitting in a land far from their home wondering where God is. I think if we're being honest, everyone in this crowd has had those feelings. I've got this. I don't need your help. Rest is for the weak. The pride we cling to that tells us I have to keep going no matter the cost. The pride that says when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But what if? What if when the going gets tough, we gave ourselves the grace to rest before we got going? And it's hard to rest in a world where we are encouraged to be martyrs to busyness, where a full calendar is a prized possession. And the longest email inbox means that you're really, really important. And the common response to the question of how are you doing is, I'm busy, but good. But I believe God is calling us to seek out opportunities for rest. I, along with nearly 20 other 
high schoolers and adult leaders found rest in the mountains of North Carolina two weeks ago. We loaded up in a borrowed van and drove to Montreat Conference Center for a week of worship, play, and fun. During a late night devotion, we sat in a circle and we voiced the ways where we feel exhausted. The ways we measure ourselves against each other and the unrealistic expectations we set for ourselves. It was a space where these youth could finally release the pressure that had been building up both externally and internally. The pressure of getting into the right colleges. The pressure of having enough followers on Instagram or TikTok. The pressure of being the best athlete or the smartest, most involved student. The pressure of having the specific body that culture tells us is attractive. The pressure of fitting into your parents' ideas of what faith should look like. The pressure of trying to keep everyone in the family happy. The pressure of pretending that we have it all together. It took a restful week at Montreat for our youth to name these. It required us to rest, or as Isaiah says, wait on the Lord for us to be real enough with God and one another to remember that we cannot do this all on our own. And it might sound insane to say that this week full of games and early morning worship and late night devotions and ice cream parties, spike ball, ultimate frisbee, and an average of five hours of sleep was restful. But for my spirit, it was. For my body, rest is coming. It was restful for my soul in the way where I wasn't glued to my phone and the anxiety that constant connectivity brings. Restful in the way where I didn't care about what clothes I wore or how untrimmed my poor excuse for a beard was. Restful in the ways where even while we sweated and danced to Taylor Swift or ABBA at seven in the morning, we were able to just drop any expectations that are put on us and be joyful. Restful in the way where we could let down the personas that we cling to that shield us from who God made us to be. Rest. There's a reason that God rested on the seventh day of creation. There's a reason that in the Ten Commandments, God ordered the Israelites to keep the Sabbath holy and rest. God designed a world where we need to rest, and God knows we need to rest to resist from the temptation to let the world define us. When really I believe God wants us to have the energy to redefine the world. And we can't confuse this rest as laziness. This is not rest just for the sake of it. This is rest as resistance. Resistance from the age of anxiety in which we live. This is rest as recovery. This is rest that allows us to wait on God, rest that renews our strength so that we too can mount up with wings like eagles. 
We rest so that we too can run and not be weary. We rest so that we too can walk and not faint. We rest so that when we, like the Israelites, return from exile, we have the fortitude and resilience to do the difficult work of loving our neighbors and building a kingdom full of abundant life. Now I've read enough books about mountaineering and heard enough from older folks complaining how young people don't wanna work anymore to know that you cannot just rest your way through life. There are times when we must push beyond the mental barriers that are telling us to stop or quit. We must push into zones of growth to the uncharted peripheries of our lives where we can learn new things about ourselves. And pushing beyond our limits, it will require some grit, some determination. And as the little engine that could always said, the self-reminder of, I think I can. I know you can't rest your way through passing the bar exam. You can't rest your way through basic training at Fort Jackson. You can't rest your way through making the soccer team and you can't rest your way through your first year of teaching. I'm not a runner and I know you can't rest your way through a marathon. But you must include rest when you train. Like I said, I'm not much of a runner, but I reached out to some church members who do run competitively. They run to win races and they are often pushing their bodies and their minds to the limit in order to get the best time and go the farthest distance. And they told me that any good training plan must include days of rest. And in addition to days of absolute rest, they have days of less intense work. These intentional times give the mind and body space to recover from the work done and prepare for what lie ahead. They told me that they treat their off days as training days, focusing their mind and their body on rest just like you would for a run or a workout, making rest a priority when they train. Now, in case you didn't know or you weren't listening to the announcement at the beginning of the sermon, for the next two Sundays, Downtown Church is resting. We're not holding in-person worship. And we do this intentionally. We take a break to practice what we preach. We take a break because we, as an organization, needs to rest. We need to resist the monotony and lack of purpose that grabs a hold of so many churches and organizations. We, as a church, try to live into the call of God to rest so that we do not grow weary. And as a church, we rest so that we and its church members and employees can resist being defined by what we do rather than who we are where Don, Charles, and I resist the temptation to be defined by how well or how poorly we preach. 
where Tim, Anton, Dale, and Joe are not defined by how straight the chairs are or how strong the coffee is. Where Zan, Perry, Jackson, Derek, and Sean are not defined by how sharp their voices and instruments are. Where each and every one of us is not defined by our output, our production, our means of manipulation or achieving, but by simply being created, by being created in the image of the God of the universe, the everlasting Lord Almighty. And when we rest, we remember that. We remember that we are human beings, not human doers. When we rest, we look back and reflect on where we have been. And we look forward to dream about where we are going. And as we rest, whether it's for a day, whether it's for an hour, whether it's for 30 seconds, as we rest, as we reflect, as we dream, we know that the God of the universe, the God of Isaiah and the Israelites in exile, the God who became flesh in Jesus the Christ, and the God who chose to rest on the seventh day of creation and who chose to rest by falling asleep in a boat. We know that this God goes with us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Friends, this is God's table. This table does not belong to any church, to any group of people, to any denomination, to any country. It's a table for everyone, for those who rejoice, for those who lament, for those who have a rock-solid statement of faith, and for those who crept in here wondering what all this is about. Friends, this is your table, and you will not be turned away. For Christ welcomes us all, and this is good news. Please join me in the great prayer of thanksgiving. The Lord be with you, and, and also, also with you. you. Lift up your hearts, we, we lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. God, it is right to give you our thanks and praise for the ways you love us when we do not deserve it, for the ways you provide for us, and the ways you encourage us to find rest in your beautifully created world, we give you thanks. For Jesus, God, we thank you. For his love, for his teachings, for his death and his resurrection, we thank you. And God, for including us in your messy kingdom around an ever-expanding table, we thank you.
And we praise you joining our voices with the choirs of angels and with all the faithful of every time and place who forever sing to the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hear us, us O oh God, as we pray the prayer that your son taught us, saying together, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. On the night when Jesus would be betrayed, he gathered his disciples, his friends, for a meal in an upper room. And he gathered them and they ate. And after giving thanks, he took bread and he held it before them and he broke it. And he said, friends, this, this is my body. It is broken for you. Whenever you eat of this, remember me. In the same way, Jesus took the cup and he blessed it and he poured it out before them. And then he said these strange words. He said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood, shed for your sins. Take, drink, do this in remembrance of me. Scripture says as often as we eat this bread and we drink from this cup, we proclaim Christ's saving grace until he comes again and he is coming again. Thanks be to God. We invite you to come and eat and see that the Lord is good. Lord, you have blessed us beyond what we can comprehend. Create in us grateful hearts for these gifts. Give us the imagination to see your kingdom. Fill us up with kindness so that we may spill over to share kindness with all of those around us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing. Wait in the water Wait in 
For God's kingdom, it is holy work. And when you rest for God's kingdom, it is also holy work. And as you balance the life of work and of rest, remember that you are created in God's image. You are good. And as you go from this place, love God, love people. And may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. Until we meet again, go in peace. Amen. If you feel compelled to support the church financially, you can give a secure gift online at downtownchurch.me forward slash give.